always moves through on Wednesday. I don't know, but to be honest with you, I'm about tired of it, uh, but I don't have a whole lot of say-so in when it rains and when it doesn't rain, so we're just going to leave that up to the one who does, but it is, it is good to see as many of you that are here tonight. Uh, when we sent out the message this afternoon, I was honestly expecting a very low, low crowd uh, to be here because of the weather. And I've had a few of you already hit me up and tell me not to go too terribly long. We might just get home before it gets bad. So let's go ahead and take our Bibles out tonight. Turn to Luke chapter number 23. I'm sorry, chap- yeah, chapter number 23. And I want you to look down to about verse uh, 24. Luke chapter 23, verse 24. And we're going to read a little bit about what we were singing about a moment ago, about the cross. Obviously, the week we're in right now is uh, we look forward to Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but we've mentioned this many times, and I'll mention it again several times tonight. Uh, there is a figure standing in the way of us seeing and peering toward that empty tomb, and it's the cross of Christ. We're going to preach about that for a few minutes tonight. And uh, I've gone ahead and cut out a lot of my stories, okay? Cut out the chasing of rabbits and just try to give you a little bit of meat tonight, maybe give you a lot of Bible, and, uh, and then maybe let the Lord work through that and then let you go home. Luke chapter 23, look down if you would to verse 24. The Bible says, And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them to him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Now, I'm going to read verse 26 again. I want you to pay close attention. This will be our text tonight. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful tonight that, Father, we can sing about the cross, but, Father, how cruel it was and how hard it was, Father, for your son to go and to bleed and to die on our behalf, Uh, but, Father, thank you that he did, and thank you, Father, that we can have eternal life because of that, but, Father, help us to see tonight uh, there's another cross, Lord, in the life of those that have trusted Christ. It's a cross that we must carry and we must bear. Lord, I pray tonight you'd help us uh, to learn from this one who had the privilege of carrying just such a cross. And Lord, help us to learn exactly how, Lord, you'd have us to live and how you'd have us to walk and, Lord, to carry the cross that you have left behind for us to bear, Lord, until you return. And I pray you'd work far beyond my words in the message tonight. Be with our people that are at home. Keep us all safe. Return home safely tonight for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe I alluded to this on Sunday morning that uh, I have a tendency this time of year to look ahead to the celebration of the resurrection and sometimes at the cost of recognizing and spending some time on looking at the crucifixion. Uh, I was thinking this afternoon about how interesting it is that we put a lot of celebration and a lot of honor, which we should, upon the birth of Christ at Christmas. Uh, We celebrate it for a month long. Uh, If you're like me and you like Christmas music, maybe we start a little bit early. Maybe we start in August or September and building up and looking forward to uh, celebrating the birth of Christ. But then you look at the, the burial and the resurrection of Christ. We honor that and celebrate that as we will here on Sunday. But how often do we look past the work of Christ, the work that he did for us on the cross of Calvary? Now, naturally so, this is not something we would want to look at and think about often because Truthfully, the cross is nothing more than an execution. It's exactly that. 
Uh, today we wear the crosses around our necks and we have crosses on our, our bumper stickers and we have crosses on our windshield and crosses around our house and I'm thankful for uh, the cross but oftentimes we look at it as something really to celebrate when truthfully the cross was nothing less than cruel. It was an instrument of execution. And yet this morning or this evening as we look at this passage of scripture we see that the cross of Christ was more than just a nominal event that sandwiched between the two main events. We have the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ uh, and then we have the crucifixion squeezed in there. And yet the crucifixion of Christ is not just uh, an event that was sandwiched in there, it was the event. Hebrews 9:22 the Bible says without the shedding of blood there's no remission. Uh, without a cross, there's nothing to celebrate at the resurrection of Christ. And so this time of year, as we do look forward to the resurrection, we've got to look into the crucifixion. Why? That's where the payment was made. That's where the payment was made. And we could not celebrate on Sunday if we did not look into the cross here uh, on Wednesday night. Now, just as Christ's story was incomplete without a cross, what I want us to see tonight is our story is incomplete without a cross. Now, we think about it tonight as, yes, there's a cross in my story. There was a place and a time in my life to where I came to know Christ as my Savior. As the song says, I've been to Calvary. Thank God for that. I hope you know for sure tonight that if you died right now, possibly in the tornadoes heading our way, that you're going to heaven. I hope you know that. I hope you've made a trip to the cross and you can look back in your life and see, there was a time and a place that you trusted Christ as your Savior. I hope and pray there's a cross in your story tonight. But you know, oftentimes, that's the last thought we give to a cross is the one that's in our past. If the Bible tells us in Matthew 16, verse 24, then said Jesus unto who? His disciples, the followers of Christ, as we are tonight. We are followers of Christ. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. Now, what you to think about this tonight? The cross isn't something that we move on from. The cross is something we move on with. Yes, there's a cross in our past. We look at the cross where Christ was crucified, and thank God for that because only He had the credentials to die on the cross. He was the perfect sinless sacrifice, of which there's never been another one who was willing to give Himself sacrificially on that cross for you and I. Thank God for that. But as a child of God, that should not be the only cross in our story in society today. That's a catchphrase, my story. People like telling about their story and how we came to be, where we're at, and who we are. And the most important aspects of your life as a child of God is not just the cross that you have in the past. That's the first one. But the cross that we also have in our future is the one that we carry with us. He said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, that's a personal pronoun, and follow me. Our story needs to have two. And here's the problem. I fear tonight, even though this is, this is almost unfathomable, that we have fabricated a Christianity that is a crossless Christianity. That we do not have a cross in our future. Yes, we have the cross in our past. Thank God for that. But we do not have a cross. We have a crossless future. And yet he said, my disciples, those that follow me, that if you're going to follow me, it's a required traveling buddy that you carry with you your cross. Each and every one of us have one. Now, I believe modern Christianity is content to look back at a cross, but it has no desire to look forward with a cross. 
And tonight we're going to look at this thought. Why would people not desire to carry their cross? Why do we look back and we're thankful he carried his, but have no desire to carry ours? Can I tell you? It's very simple. Crosses are expensive. They're expensive. Tonight we're going to look at Simon, verse 26, a Cyrenian, the Bible tells us. And we're going to see that this man, Simon, he had the privilege to do what none of us have ever had the privilege to do. That's to carry the literal cross of Christ. And we're going to see tonight that it cost him, just as it's going to cost us if we're going to carry our cross. And so tonight, as we look forward to resurrection, let's stop here tonight and look at the crucifixion for a few minutes and this very simple thought of the cost of our cross. The cost of our cross. Now let's look at verse 26 and let's pull, pull some things out tonight that I believe God would have us to see uh, as we seek to carry our cross. So we're reading about a man by the name of Simon. The Bible says he's a Cyrenian. Uh, he's in Jerusalem, tradition tells us, most likely for the Passover. He's traveled hundreds of miles uh, in Cyrene. There was a large Jewish population that was there. So most likely that is exactly why he was there. He was there for the Passover. And yet we read that in verse number 26, as they led him away, speaking of Christ, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country. All right? Now, we don't know exactly what's going on in Simon's life. Uh, it's amazing. I told my wife today, I love reading after uh, a lot of the older preachers from bygone eras, even hundreds of years, uh, and reading. Oftentimes, we put a lot of perspective on it that's not necessarily in Scripture. We can't say exactly what he was doing. But we can read in verse number 26, he was obviously on the move. And then as Simon is, is going about his business, most likely having something to do with the Passover, he suddenly gets commandeered to carry this condemned man's cross. Now here's what I want you to think about tonight. He's been called into service in spite of wherever it was that he was going. Now, this is important because Simon is about to show us the cost of a cross. He's going to show us what we're going to have to do if we're going to follow what Christ said, take up our cross and follow him. Here's the first thing, number one tonight. The cross brings an interruption. Now, what was Simon doing? We don't know. We don't know where he was going, but he was going about some business because the Bible says in verse 26, he was coming out of his city. He was heading somewhere or coming from somewhere. And suddenly when the call of the cross came to him, it interrupted whatever it was that he was doing. Now hear me out tonight. This is very important. The cross didn't wait for a convenient time to be carried. The time to be carried was the time he was called to carry it. And therefore, Simon uh, was commandeered into bearing that burden, which was the privilege of carrying Christ's cross. Now, here's what I want you to see. Interrupting our life and where we're going and what we are doing is one of the high prices of carrying a cross. Now here's Simon, we don't know what he was doing, but his life was interrupted by a cross, was it not? Can I tell you something tonight? One of the most expensive costs that you and I will pay to take up our cross and follow Christ is the price of interruption. The cross of Christ is going to interrupt our life. Now, I don't know where you may be headed or where you may be coming from, but I assure you there are times in, the, in our lives where the cross of Christ is going to interrupt what we're doing. And if we're truly desiring to follow Christ and fulfill his will for our life, you know what we're going to do? We're going to allow the cross to interrupt our life, wherever it is we're going and whatever it is that we're doing. Now, think about some biblical examples, if you will. The disciples, what happened? 
the cross interrupted their life. They're there on the, the seashore cleaning their nets, and here comes Christ, and he interrupts their life. What happened to Paul or Saul on the Damascus Road? You know, God could have sent an angel down and says, hey, Saul, can we set up an appointment with you? Christ would like to speak to you. He'd like to talk to you about maybe entering in the service of the kingdom of God. Maybe 1230 on Friday. Would that work? Do you have time after you get to Damascus? Hey, would that be convenient for you? Nope. What did God do? Bam. God just knocked him down off of his donkey on the ground. What did he do? He interrupted what he was doing. Now, Paul would go on to serve God fervently and faithfully, but it all began with an interruption. Now, have you ever wondered in your life what God might be willing to do and wanting to do in your life if you just allowed him to interrupt your life with the cross every once in a while? We're all very busy, aren't we? We are all very busy. It's amazing. You look up. We've been here almost three years. You know, there are things that I planned on doing when I first got here, uh, little things in my daughter's bedroom, maybe some things under the carport. I pulled up in the carport today. There's a towel rack screwed to the wall, and now that my wife pulls her little car underneath the carport, uh, it almost hits her door when she opens it. We can squeeze two cars in there, but that little towel rod on that table in the carport, it, it hits the door. When we first moved here, I said, yep, that's going to hit our door. I need to take it off. Three years later, it's still there. Do you know why? We all get busy, don't we? I'll guarantee you, you're thinking about something right now that you've been meaning to do for a while and haven't done it. Why? We get busy. We're always doing what Simon was doing. We're coming out of the country or going into the country. Life is busy. But can I beg you something? As we look toward the resurrection of Christ and celebrating that, could I implore you tonight to allow the cross of Christ to interrupt your life for every once in a while? Why? Because the will of, oh, what a privilege Simon had. You think about the will of God for his life. It was God's will that Simon get to carry Christ's cross. Now, we look back at it, and we look back at it admirably, don't we? Man, hmm. what a privilege. What a privilege. Most likely, it was the crossbar. That was the form of crucifixion. The vertical was already there. They would carry that crossbar that was there. And no doubt because Christ had been beaten and battered and bloodied, that the very blood of Christ was on that wood. And Simon is carrying it, no doubt, the blood of Christ. I'm just believing it, it probably happened, is running down Simon's arms. And we look back and we think, what a privilege. What a privilege to get to carry the cross of Christ just for a little while. And yet, do you know, the privilege is still ours to get to carry the cross of Christ. See, what are you talking about? There's no wood. There's no wood. Oh, no, but there's still a cross. He says, I want you to take up your cross and follow me daily. Hey, take it up. Let's carry it. There's still a cross to be carried. And folks, can I tell you tonight, it's a privilege it's a privilege to carry the cross that's left behind for us. Why? Because he carried the heavier one for you and I. And we carry a much lighter one for him. But then we look back and we look at people like the rich young ruler. Why did the rich young ruler go away sorrowful? He didn't want his life interrupted. He didn't want his life interrupted. Here the rich young ruler comes up, has an open door opportunity to Christ. It's right there. It's right there. And yet he turns away and leaves sorrowful because he did not want to interrupt his life. Why did Agrippa say, almost thou persuadest me? 
Why did he say almost? Here he is. Look, there's no better preacher than Paul other than Christ. And Paul has preached to Agrippa. And he says, I know you believe. Come on, you're that close. He was that close. And he says, almost. Almost is the same thing as saying no. No. And he missed out. Why? I'll guarantee you it ran through Agrippa's mind what that would cost him. If I go this route, I know what this is going to cost me. I don't want that to interrupt my life. The first cost tonight to a cross, it's going to bring an interruption. As they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian. It's going to interrupt our life. Now, I know it's easy for us in our armchair Christianity to look back and say, how foolish would people be not to allow their life to be interrupted by Christ? It's easy, isn't it? It's easy for us to read about the rich young ruler in Agrippa. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? You're there. Christ is there. It's the apostle Paul. He made it so clear. How on earth could you say no? It's the same way you and I say no. How often? Could I share with you a little bit about my humanity? Okay? How often do I have a gospel track in my pocket? Be at a gas station or maybe in a store or, or a restaurant and, you know, Holy Spirit kind of tug on your heart a little bit and say, hey, why don't you go talk to that person? Why don't you go visit with that person? Hey, why don't you go invite them to church? Why don't you invite them to Easter? And like, I got to get to the hospital. I got a meeting at two. I just got to go. And you don't allow the cross to interrupt your life. We're going to miss out on it, folks. We're going to miss out on it. I, I had Miley bring my walking stick over, okay? I don't need one, but I had to bring it over. I bought this walking stick up in Glacier National Park. Let me tell you why I bought it. When I was walking around, I saw in Glacier, they had these walking stick badges. Okay, so anywhere you go, you get this badge, and you can put it on your walking stick, you know, to show all the places you've been. On here, I have Rocky Mountain National Park, the Alamo, uh, going to the Sun Road, Grand Tetons, the Yellowstone. It's just amazing. All these little tags are on here. And it was hanging on the back of the door as I get ready to walk out the door. And I got to thinking about this. You look at it, it's not very worn, okay? It's not very worn. I'm not an avid walker. You could probably tell that, okay? People that are associated with Krispy Kreme are not avid walkers, okay? They need to be, but we're not, okay? And I got to looking at my walking stick, and I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I put a lot more badges on there than miles. I put a lot more badges on there than miles. So after I got my walking stick, I said, well, wait a minute. I've been to the Alamo. I didn't know when I was at the Alamo that they had walking stick badges. And so I ordered one and got it put on there. Hey, it's true. I've been there. And there's a couple more places on here. Black Bayou up in Monroe, uh, Wildlife Reserve. I've been there, but I didn't get a walking stick badge. So I got one and put it on there. And I thought to myself, isn't that just about how it is? Our cross really is something we stick in the corner and it's something really just to hold our badges. It's not something we put to use. It's not something we put any miles on. I, look, I mean, the last time I carried this, I think I was in Florida. The rest of the time, it hangs in the corner, and I bring a new badge back, and I put it on there. <laughs> That's horrible, isn't it? I'm going to change the name. It's going to be a hanging stick instead of a walking stick because it just hangs there on the wall. It's just something that, it's just something that holds my badges. Really, it is. It's not truly a walking stick, and yet that's the way the cross is. Our cross is not something we carry. Our cross is just something we pick up on Sunday morning. It's something we pick up on Wednesday. We pick up on Christmas and Easter, and we carry it for a little while, and then we put it back up when we're done with it. 
You know, the Bible says in Luke that we carry our cross, take up our cross daily. Daily. It's not a holiday thing. I love this church sign. I saw it years ago. I probably told you this already, but it's an amazing sign. It says, now open between Christmas and Easter. And yet that's what we do. We pull out our cross a little while. We carry it around with our badges on it, and we go put it back. And yet, no. The cross of Christ should interrupt our life daily. Let me show you an example. Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. Jesus said this, And every one that forsaketh hath forsaken houses, and brethren, or sisters, or father, and mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Now, you think about that verse right there. It says, first, houses. Sometimes the cross is going to interrupt our possessions. Sometimes the cross wants to interrupt our life. And then it says, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children. Sometimes the cross of Christ is going to interrupt our relationships. There are sometimes, because of the cross that I carry, my relationships may be different otherwise if I wasn't carrying it. But you see, that's the weight of the cross. The cross is going to interrupt all different parts of our life, and yet if we're truly going to follow Christ, we've got to allow it to bring that interruption from time to time. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss all thing, of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Do you know what Paul's saying? Paul had a lot at one time. He had prestige. He had power. I mean, he had it. He had education out of his mind. I mean, the Apostle Paul would be a, a, a brilliant, probably a genius in our society today from all that he knew and all that he had studied under. And here's what Paul said. When God interrupted my life, he said, I counted all of that but dung. What did he say? Why did he do that? But loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. It almost sounds like Paul says it was a privilege that God interrupted my life. It was a privilege. I count it lost. You say, well, that's hard. Let me give you this before I give you the second point tonight. It is hard to carry our cross. It is hard to let the cross of Christ interrupt our life. And sometimes come between things of us in our life that we, don't like, that we do like and want to hold to. But boy, here's where the Holy Spirit brought it home in my heart. I want you to imagine Christ in heaven enjoying the fellowship of his Father. The splendors of glory. The beauty that we can only imagine in our hearts and read about in Scripture. And yet there came the day for Christ to set aside the crown and the thorn to come down. You see, the cross interrupted that. It interrupted that. When Christ hung on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fellowship with his father had been interrupted. What interrupted it? It was a cross. And I'm thinking if Christ could go through that great interruption with him and that perfect fellowship with his father, then, oh, my soul, I should be willing to let the cross of Christ interrupt whatever it is in this life that it so desires. The cross of Christ, number one, the cross brings an interruption. Number two, go back to verse 26. The Bible says they led him away. They laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the city. Now, look at those words, if you will. The Bible says they laid hold. They laid hold. Now, other, other uh, gospels we read, it uses the word compelled. All right, we know the story. Uh, Matthew tells us when that soldier would come to us and compel thee to go a mile, it's the same word compel. 
when they laid hold on him and says, hey, you carry that cross, it's the exact same Greek word when the Bible says if they compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. By law, you had to be compelled. And the Bible says you go with him twain. Now, watch this. He's not asking him. He's compelling him. The second cost of the cross tonight is this. The cross brings an expectation. The cross brings an expectation. Now, Simon wasn't given an option to carry it. He was expected it to carry it. When that soldier looked down at Simon and said, Simon, I want you to take up this cross and carry it, he didn't ask him if he wanted to. He didn't ask him if it was something he felt like doing. Matter of fact, I'll show you in a moment why he didn't feel like doing it. And yet Simon did it all the same. Why? It was expected of him. Now hear me out. The reason the crossless Christianity is so popular in our modern culture today, the crossless Christianity brings with it no expectations. That's why it's so popular. You can go about your life and you can live your life the way you want to live your life and that cross is not there to come between you and any of your relationships or your desires. And you just feel so good because you're not carrying that burden and yet the burden is still there that we're called to carry. It's our cross. That soldier expected him just as our father has expectations for us to carry our cross. Give an example. Matthew chapter 4, the disciples were called. Matthew chapter 5, what does he start off with? The Beatitudes or the attitudes to be. Do you know what he's doing? He's giving them expectations. You're my disciple now, and if you're going to follow me, these are the expectations. These are the Beatitudes, the attitudes I want you to be. And then you keep reading in Matthew 5, what does it say? Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye, listen, ye are the salt, ye are the light. Now, wait a minute. He didn't say, hey, if you feel like it, you're salt. And if you want to be your light, no. He says, you are. Now, what is he doing in Matthew chapter 5? He's helping them to recognize what their cross is. These are the expectations that come with carrying a cross. And can I tell you something tonight, folks? The expectations are still there. Even though the world has accepted and embraced a crossless Christianity where there's no cross, there's no burden to bear. You can live as you would love to live, as you feel like living. Hey, that's not this cross. This cross has to be bared by us. It has to be carried by us. And Christ says, I want you to know, new disciples, here's who you are. And here's how I want you to be. Why? The cross comes with expectations. We hear all the time people say, you can't judge. You can't judge me. Thank God I can't. Right? I'm glad you can't judge me either because I'd be guilty, guilty, guilty. Do you know what people are meaning when they say you can't judge me? They're saying don't hold me to a standard. That's what they're saying. Don't hold me to a standard. Even Christians will often be caught saying, it's a one-liner from the world, you can't judge me, only God can judge me. What they're saying is, hey, don't hold me up to any standard. And even though I can't hold you and you can't hold me, can I tell you something tonight? God's going to hold all of us. Because God still has expectations. Why? Because the cross comes with expectations and we're called to carry it, not requested to carry it. Number two, the cross brings an expectation. I've heard this many times from people. They will leave a Bible-preaching church and go to a more progressive-minded church. And I've heard, if I've heard this once, I've heard it 25 times. I feel so liberated from the rules. I feel so liberated from the rules. You know what they're really saying, but they're too smart to say it. I'm liberated from my cross. I can live how I want to live, do what I want to do, and there's no pressure to conform to God's standard. I'm not saying man's standard. I'm talking about God's standard. 
God has a standard. God has a cross. We're called to bear it. Sometimes it's heavy. The crossbar that Simon was carrying was about the size of a cross tie, a railroad tie. If you've ever carried one of those, they're heavy. They're heavy. And it was rough. And I'm sure the blood of Christ was running down his neck. It was not a comfortable thing. I hate to tell you, when Christ called us to take up our cross and follow him, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The cross was an instrument of execution. The cross is where people died. And yet we don't want to have a cross before us. We only want a cross behind us. And yet he says we're to take up our cross and follow him. Think about Demas tonight. Do you think Demas felt pretty good when he forsook Paul? Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. What was there to love about it? Well, you get to, you get to shuck the cross for a little while and throw it down. And man, all of a sudden, you ever carried a heavy load? You're carrying a heavy load, and man, you can't wait to get it put down on the ground. One of my first jobs my dad taught me to do, he said, son, he says, you know, ministry doesn't always pay. Sometimes you're going to have to work your way through ministry. And sure enough, that's been the truth. He said, I want you to learn how to put on a roof. Put on a roof. And I'm like, amen, amen. And so I learned how to put on a roof. Those bundles of shingles are 80 pounds, and you carry them up a ladder. And man, you're carrying them up there. And hey, thank the Lord. If you have a son, thank the Lord for that, because that means the son gets to carry them for you one day. I have a daughter. I don't know if that's going to work out. I don't know if she can carry an 80-pound bundle of shingles up a ladder. And so I carry those bundles up there. I get to the top of the roof, and it felt so good to be able to, boom, throw them down on the ridge of the roof. I was throwing down a heavy burden. Man, it felt so good. And you see people, they will get out of the faith. They'll get out of church or go, maybe go to a more progressive-minded church. And all of a sudden, man, that feels so good for a little while. I promise you, when the trump of God sounds, there's a wide distance between them and their cross, and they don't have time to go get it before he returns. It's not going to feel good then. Carrying that cross, it's not easy. It's heavy. And it hurts, and yet Christ was willing to do that for us. Why don't we do that for him? Hebrews 12, 2, you know this verse well. Looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, think about the next three words, endured the cross. Endured the cross. Endured the cross. Now, folks, I will never know what it meant for him to endure the cross. I will never know that. I'll never know what the sin of the world feels like. But I do assure you of this. He's giving us an example of how carrying a cross is like. He says, you're going to have to endure it sometimes. It's heavy. There's expectations. I'll give you an example. I want to tell myself again tonight, okay? There are a few times that my flesh comes back, you know. It's like Frankenstein. It gets... You think it's mortified, it gets electrified, and it comes back to life. Next thing you know, I have lost my patience in getting mad at somebody on the highway. One day, one day I did what I've done a few times. It's been a while, but I've done this. You whip around somebody and you cut back over in front. You've probably never done that, but carnal people do that sometimes. I'm trying to get better. And I remember when I looked in the rearview mirror, no joke, do you know what I saw in my rearview mirror? Not one of you. You know what I saw? I saw my Central Baptist Church sticker. We need to get some Sacred Heart stickers. That's what we need to do. Put on our car. I'm picking. I saw that. All of a sudden, the weight of who I represent 
not just the pastor, but as a member, it got heavy all of a sudden. I felt guilty. I felt convicted. Now, you think about this tonight. If we were carrying our cross, I'll guarantee you the weight of it would keep us from doing a lot of things that bring shame to our Lord. There are expectations that come with the cross. And whether we like to accept it, whether it feels good, he didn't ask us that. He just said, take up your cross. And by the way, there's no customizable crosses. It means we can't just pick the parts of it that we like and the parts we don't like. We've got to carry the cross that we're called to. As the song Horatio Spafford, it is well with my soul. What did he say in the song after he had buried his daughters at sea, whatever my lot? Do you know what a lot is? It's your cross. Whatever my lot. Whatever my lot. God forbid I find out that I have cancer. My wife has cancer. My daughter has cancer. That would be horrific. A lot of people are dealing with that now. Boy, it'd scare you to death. Rock your faith. And we pray and we ask God to bring healing and we call for the elders of the church and, and yet God is not saw fit to bring healing. That is my lot. That would be my lot. That is my cross. You say, well, that's not very fun. No, crosses are not very fun, but I've got to carry it. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Look, when our cross gets heavy, let's just pull over for a moment and take a glance at his, and we realize all that he carried for us, and if he could carry that for me, I can carry this for him, even if it meant cancer. Galatians 6.14, I'll give you the last point. The Bible says, Paul says, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, that's the only thing I will glory in, is my cross. Boy, do we have a skewed view. Maybe not you, maybe just me. A skewed view of Christianity. That we think Christianity, the other night we were scrolling through channels and I saw on this channel thing, uh, it, was, uh, it was Joel Osteen that was on there. And I'm not just running down Joel Osteen, okay? Uh, but man, the guy's good, all right? He's really good. He's smooth. And I clicked on it. Miley's never heard him. So I clicked on it. And man, he's the happiest guy that I've ever seen in my life. Just standing there and all this good stuff and all this is going to happen. And man, man, I just, I walked out of the room feeling better just from hearing him talk. I hate to tell you, that's not a true portrayal of Christianity. Christianity comes with a cross that's heavy, that sometimes hurts, it's painful, it's hard to carry. That's real Christianity. Sometimes it's not easy, sometimes it's not fun, but the cross comes with expectations. And finally, verse 26, and they led him away. The Bible says they laid, upon, laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian. Coming out of the country and on him, they laid the cross. Now watch this last line. That he might bear it after Jesus. All right, we're all old enough to have a good imagination still. He's called to carry the cross. He picks up the crossbar, puts it on his shoulders. And the Bible says, where is he at? He's in proximity of Christ. How do you know that? Look at the last two words of verse 26. After Jesus. So here he is following Jesus. Now, we know the scene. In times of crucifixion, people would line the streets. Crowds were yelling. 
People were mocking. At times, they are throwing things. I think we've seen riots enough in modern day where people are throwing things and hollering. I mean, just a tumultuous scene, and yet now Simon has been compelled to pick up that cross and follow, what does it say, after Jesus. Now, I want you to think about the proximity of this. Here is Simon following Christ, and undoubtedly, because of his close proximity to Christ, He's having to endure some of that as well. This is the third thing I want you to see. The third cost of our cross is the cross brings an association. The cross brings an association. Now, what's so important about this? Please see this before we close. Because he was carrying the cross in such a close proximity to Christ, he was having to endure a lot of what Christ was enduring because he was associated with Christ. Undoubtedly, Simon heard the mocking. Undoubtedly, Simon heard some of the cursing. Undoubtedly, if there were people spitting on Christ, undoubtedly some of that got on him. And as people threw things at Christ, some of that was hitting him. Now, why? It's because of his association with Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Despised, rejected, sorrows, grief. Do you know what that tells me that the cost of a cross is? That there are times I'm going to be associated with sorrow. There are times I'm going to be rejected. There's times I'm going to be acquainted with grief. Why? Because that just comes along with somebody who's carrying a cross after Jesus. Now, remember when Peter denied Christ? What did he do? He distanced himself. Here they come to arrest Christ in Gethsemane. And all of a sudden, all forsook him. They fled. They were out of there. And then here comes the maid. Hey, Peter, weren't you with them? No, I wasn't. What is he doing? The Bible says Peter followed afar off. Do you know what he did not want? Association. Because if I get close to him, a lot of what he's going through, I could go through. And can I tell you, that's a cost most Christians are not willing to pay. We don't want to walk close enough that some of that spit would get on us. I don't want to be close enough after him that I can hear the mocking. Oh, I don't want to get mocked. I've been reading a book by A.W. Tozer, a great book on uh, spiritual warfare. Great, great book. And, man, I've about underlined the entire book. And what you read about these guys, they get up and they just thundered the word of God and preached the word of God. And, man, people wrote books and, and said, man, that's what we need to hear. And you're thinking, wow. And there's a time where people were excited about hearing preaching. And then later in his book, he said this. Many of our heroes of the faith didn't become heroes until long after they were dead. Well said. You think about the people who followed closest to Christ, they paid a price for it. Paid a price for it. You say, well, what do you mean? Look at Stephen. Oh, my goodness, Stephen in his preaching and even his countenance, oh, he stayed close to Christ. He was carrying his cross after Christ. It cost him his life. It cost him his life. Can I tell you why most of us are not carrying our cross? It's expensive. 
because we're going to be guilty by association. That's why Paul said, I bear in my body. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Paul had gotten so close to Christ. He'd suffered a little bit for him. He'd taken some of the beating for him. Now, for us, we think about that. Boy, I want to have nothing to do with that, man. I hate I even came to church tonight. But we read in Acts chapter 5, the Bible says that after they departed, they were departed rejoicing. They were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. To suffer shame for his name. What does that mean? <laughs> Those disciples were so excited. They got so close to Christ, they got beat for him, for his sake. They had been arrested for his sake. Now, folks, this is why the majority of Christianity today, I believe a lot of people are genuinely saved, but they want to follow as Peter afar off. Why? Because the cross brings an association. You're one of them. Bible thumpers, holy rollers, I don't know what they call us now. They call us something, I'm sure. You don't want to be associated. But can you imagine if the trump of God were to sound tonight? How close would you want to be? How close would you want to be tonight? To be carrying your cross, not a far off, hidden camouflage. No, to be as close to Christ as possible. That maybe, have you ever been ridiculed for your faith? Have you ever been ridiculed for your faith? Have you ever been mocked? Have you ever made fun of? Have you ever been accused? People ever separated their company from you? Hey, you're in great company. Because the closer you get to Christ, you know what's happening? You're going to be associated with Christ. Hey, the church at Antioch, the Bible says they were first called Christians at Antioch. What a trophy. What a trophy. They called us. They associated us together. Bless her heart, my kid. Sometimes she hides in the back seat. Dad, every once in a while, just likes to talk to people that are walking down the street out my window. Have you noticed they've been painting the electrical boxes lately out there on the, by the red lights? They're painting them beautiful pictures on these, these electrical boxes that are out there. And if I see somebody doing it and I'm stopping at the red light, I'm going to tell them they're doing a good job. I appreciate them doing that. looks a whole lot better than the old gray boxes that are out there. And so I'll roll down my window. No joke, we're on Lincoln Road getting ready to turn right uh, there at Corner Market to come home. And this lady's out there painting that electrical box. I look over, no exaggeration, Miley immediately grabs the window button on her side. I said, what's wrong? I just want to encourage this lady who's paid. Why? She's been in there before. When I holler out the window, hey, you're doing a good job. I just want you to know that. You did a great job. We appreciate you making that look good and all that. And Molly's like getting in the floorboard. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? She don't want to be associated with me at that moment. Come birthday time, vacation time, supper time, she wants to be associated with me. But, man, those tough times, she doesn't want to be associated with me anymore. And that's where we are with Christ, isn't it? We don't want to be associated with him when it's embarrassing. We don't want to be associated with him when people are looking. And yet when it's supper time, we're hungry. We're in the hospital and we're hurting. We want to get to him as close as possible. Now, folks, tonight, why don't we just go ahead and decide as we go into this resurrection week that we're going to learn how to carry our cross regardless of the cost. What does a cross cost? Number one, it's an interruption. Is that our problem tonight? Would you allow God to interrupt your life? Would you allow God to say, hey, you need to pick it up. You're my disciple. If you're going to come after me, you can't follow me crossless. You've got to be carrying your cross. Is the problem tonight you want to allow God to interrupt your life? God wants in, but you're like, I'm not picking that thing up. 
Bowls of trouble, God's going to sound, and you're going to be crossless. Why? Because you wouldn't allow God to interrupt. Number two, what does the cross bring? It brings an expectation. Why don't you let God compel you tonight to pick it up? There's an expectation. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it's hard. Yes, you get ridiculed from time to time. But can I tell you, that's what's expected of a child of God. Our cross is much lighter than his. And finally, the cost of the cross is an association. We've got to be willing tonight to go after him, even if that means getting some of that mocking, getting some of that ridicule, getting some of that hate in our way. Why? Hey, I don't mind being associated with him. We should be, listen, we should count it worthy. We should be rejoicing that we were counted worthy to suffer shame for the cross of Christ. So tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's just take a few minutes. Let's stand to our feet. Let's take a few minutes tonight and ask ourselves, are we carrying our cross?